So good morning, everybody. As we live stream here, um, we will be live streaming from home for the month of July. And uh, right right now, I'm coming live from Connecticut, from the, the beautiful, sunny south, a little bit south of um, Toronto, close to the ocean here. It's nice and beautiful. And uh, for the next, next week, we'll be going live even further. We'll be stretching forth from this continent and jumping into another continent, but we'll surprise you with who that is next week. Uh, we will be moving back to uh, live streaming from the church on August 8th. Uh, we so look forward to doing that and gathering again as a community there. And we are getting close, people. Yes, we truly, truly are getting close to getting together as a community. Um, <laughs> and we so look forward to that. So let's just, as we enter the next phase of the service here, let's just like to pray for a moment. In these times, one of the things that I'm feeling and seeing is that uh, this time can be a lonely time. There's a bit of isolation as, as you know, we walk through multiple lockdowns, multiple times away from a lot of people. In some ways, it's great. There's an element of being able to look at yourself, re-examine yourself, and we're going to talk about this cocooning thing today and what it can do to you. But let's just go to God in this moment. Um, as, as we are in these times and loneliness tries to take a hold, let's, let's just give this moment to the Lord. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to fill all those places that have an empty spot. And so, Lord, we just give you this moment. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us up in those times that are lonely, where those places where the heart aches and we feel disconnected. You know, you created us for connection. You created us to be as a community. We are the body of Christ together and uh, we are meant for connection. And so, Lord, in this time where there isn't that connection, um, it's a wonderful opportunity to be connected with you, to refocus, to reexamine where we are personally and to dive a little bit deeper into you and lord we ask in return here that you would fill us up with your spirit that you would fill those places that you remove those voids of loneliness and that you would enter and bring us into new relationship with you that is refreshing that is full that shows us your glory that shows us your goodness and gives us you know that correct revelation of who you are Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. With that, I will pass it over to Tabitha as we introduce a special guest. So Jeff mentioned that for July, we're going to continue to live stream from home. And the reason being is because, well, we're in the month of being deeply rooted. And in being deeply rooted, I have found... I like outside of the word of God, reading my own heart, one of the most uh, provoking things that actually gives me the courage to try something new has actually been the testimony of another person. And in Revelation 20, 21, I think it's 21. Yeah, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I've always related that to be that when we testify of what he has done in our own lives, the spirit is there present to actually multiply that in the life of another. And, and we know that it was the testimony of Jesus doing miracles at healing people, his words that actually spread 
his fame renown across Israel while he walked on the earth and beyond Israel's borders. People were coming from all over the place, just like it was the fame of Solomon that hit the ears of the Queen of Sheba in Ethiopia. And she traveled such a long distance to behold, to see if it was true. So I find testimony to be one of the most powerful things to affect change or as a catalyst to change. And so today uh, we have our very own homegrown Jaden Lakatis joining us. Jaden, I am so glad that you're joining us. And the reason why we asked Jaden to join us, well, twofold. We have watched this young man grow up ever since he was little. The Feldman family and Lakatus family used to homeschool together. And so we go back many, many years, right, Jaden? And yes. <laughs> we've watched you change over that time and go into teenagehood. And now you're 19 or, or about to be 19. And you have just returned from school of ministry at Catch the Fire and well, first of all, we gathered around to pray for you. And I remember seeing the fear and the trepidation of going to SOM. There was a little bit of you that was really hesitant. You were unsure. And I remember just your countenance being almost downcast a little bit because of the unsurety. And then hearing your voice as your mom picked you up from SOM, you had just gotten in the truck and hearing you for the first time, and I could hear something different in your voice because we've known you for so long. Yeah. And then seeing you for the first time in the testimony video that you sent to me, and I could see the visual representation of what I heard in your voice. And it so, was so exciting because we've just finished a journey of discovering transformation in, in a deeper way last month in June. And today we're talking about Deeply Rooted. And I felt like no better time than to bring you on because you've just gone through a transition that has led you to being Deeply Rooted. And uh, I wanted our family who also has seen you grow up to witness this phenomenal change. All right. Well, Jaden, so glad to have you. Jeff, you're going to facilitate this conversation. So why don't you get us started? So glad to. Everybody that doesn't know the relationship between the Feldmans and the Lucatuses, we've been tight friends for a long time. Our children have, for the most part, generally grown up together. And I remember Jaden, as a young little kid, you were a very energetic child. You were very outgoing, loved to talk, be the center of attention, and you loved to have fun. And as you came into your teenage years, I noticed that you changed a little bit, as most people do. We all change as we walk these roads of life. And in that, I've noticed that you, you got a little quieter. I noticed that there was a difference when you were with us in our little community which would, I would say was a safe place for us um, mm -hmm. versus who you were outside of the safe community. And as you continue to get older, I noticed it, you, you'd retreat more and more and more, which was for myself who knew you pretty well, it was a little bit, there's a flag there as to this is not the Jaden that I know. 
So there was obviously a lot going on. There's always a lot going on in our lives as, as we walk these paths. However, not too long ago, you made quite a courageous decision that you would enter into a process of going to a school of ministry and taking a three-month kind of break, a season that you could separate yourself from regular life and you could refocus your life. And in that time, you you really changed. So there's kind of a just a, a baseline for where we're going. Entering this, Jaden, if could you tell us a little bit about who you were as an individual and a little bit about your relationship with the Lord prior to going to the school of ministry? Yes, I would love to. Um, so before school ministry, I was obviously a very insecure person. I felt like a lot of uncertainty, which affected a lot of my relationships, right? A lot of that retreating was caused to me feeling anxious around people, even people that I should feel safe around, people that had no threat to me. I created fear out of my own anxiety, right? Yeah, which made me retreat and be a more self-secluded person than I deserved. I honestly, if I could describe myself before school ministry, I remember even saying this at school was, I kind of felt like an empty shell of a person. Like I'd wake up in the morning and they'd just be like, ugh, just another day, ugh. There's so much like subconscious, miserable intentions that I had with like everyday life. And like getting out of bed was such a struggle. And So would it be uh, safe to say, Jaden, that you had no joy of living? Yeah. It lacked intention? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, it, it felt like I lacked purpose, right? It felt like I had no, there was nothing I was working towards, right? Mm-hmm. And even like my relationship with God, it felt like there'd be occasional times to like, I have grown up in the church all my life. And there's been occasional moments where I'd be like, oh, I have to talk to God because that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. But when I would talk to God, it was, there was no passion. There was no reason. It was just mindless conversation that could have been myself. That's, that's what it felt like. There's a lot of doubt in there, right? How does this work? How does this work? Because I've known you your whole life. You come from a Christian family. And on top of that, you've been going to youth group and being part of the youth ministries. And I've even seen you in some cases and at certain times leading certain ministry. So walk us through that. You know, what was that before to obviously you walked the process and you discovered something new. So how would you describe that pre predecessor stuff? You know, going to youth group. That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, Margaret Ellen thinks so too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what you're saying is like, how, how would I feel like my relationship with God is meaningless, but I participate in youth group growing up, right? Well, I heard I heard a, a very strong word there was the word passion. And mm-hmm. passion is what drives us uh, in life to succeed. Yeah. Did you have passion when you were in youth group? To be honest, I don't think I did. I, I feel like a lot of the I feel like a lot of the a lot of the encounters I had preschool ministry was just due to um, being in an environment where everyone's doing that, right? So it made me feel safe to be like, oh, I guess I can pursue this since everyone else is, so I won't look like a weirdo. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, So there was no personal intention for it, right? I remember even describing that with like Fresh Wind, with like the Holy Spirit. It felt like the Holy Spirit only showed up if everyone else was celebrating him, right? 
and it wasn't something that it felt like I owned, you know? Right. It was, it, there was a lot of the outward side, the way things looked mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. Um, but the intentional moments of your personal heart and your personal relationship, it may have been something that hadn't budded at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's keep going. Awesome. So describe yourself a little bit more before we end up getting into the, to, uh, the experience that you've just walked through. Yeah. So I remember I was so scared to go to school ministry. Like it was it was something that I could have just flipped a coin on. Like it, it honestly, to me, it seemed like a glorified youth group, right? Like I've done this before. Like I went to youth mm -hmm. my entire life. What is going to be so different about this? And I feel like that was just such a damper on my mentality. It was always everything I would do and everything that I'd feel about myself is like, oh, this isn't going to be that great. Oh, this is the bare minimum. I lived life at the bare minimum. And I would change the way I act around others to make people think, oh, he's he's living life. Look at that guy. Look at him go. And like, that was, I'm going to be honest. Like that was, that was all fake. That all meant nothing. That was just for people to think otherwise. Right. A lot of your actions here are all about what others think. Yeah. But did you have any sort of mentality about what did God think about you pre going into this? Did that exist? No. And, um, a lot of my school was just moving my identity from other people and to God, right? So you really uh, lived based off of the circumstances around you. I really did. Really yes. circumstances and how feelings and relating to the people around you in those circumstances really governed how you were living. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a decent decent understanding of who you were coming into this. Do you want to describe why you said yes to this process? What led to that? Actually, a lot of it was me being sick of staying at home. Like a lot of it was like, I need a change. I'm waking up like, I'm not happy. I'm feeling miserable I, and whatever, right? And I was like, if I have the opportunity to go away, meet new people by myself in, in Toronto for three months, sure, that's gonna be like a huge change and that's gonna be scary. But I think in the long run, there might be something good for me. And the one thing that really set that off was, I remember I actually like asked God, I said, if this is something I really have to do, I need, <laughs> I need physical proof. Like I need something before my eyes. I don't want a voice in my head. I need something in front of me that says you're going. And um, very loving people ended up paying off the rest of my tuition, right? And that blew my mind. I was like, God is real. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> God made a way for you. It, you know, he took care of the financial side of things and you're in a transition phase. You're, you're, entering the end of school, you're thinking about what life brings next. And before you jump deep bow into that, you, you mm -hmm. decided to take a, a pause, a break to, to go to a school of ministry. Um, you said yes to a process of maybe just change, meet some new people. I'm not hearing the words from you that you were seeking an experience or getting to know God more, but you're going, no, to, like you're going to a school of ministry. <laughs> Yeah, it, it just the school ministry felt comfortable enough. Like I said, it just felt like a glorified youth group, right? So I, it was going to be change, but it was going to be something I was used to. So it could just be like easy breezy. Right. Three months, I'm done, you know? So something maybe fun, yeah. social. Yeah. So let's move into, okay, so what actually are you going to? What was the title? Just give us a little bit of, you know, a little outline and agenda as to what the three months would look like. 
So, so the first month was all about core values. So basically they showed you four major things that you needed to learn or know to progress your um, relationship with God. So before you start there, Jaden, let me just tell the people here that Jaden signed up for at the school of ministry, they have different modules and you signed up for the heart module. Yes. Yeah. So just so everybody knows all of the things so the core values are going to deal with core heart values. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Unpack those four core values that they laid down as a foundation in your first month at the school. So the first one was hearing God's voice. That was the first week. So basically I remember just for one of the days, they just had to sit in silence for about an hour. I was like, listen to God and write it down. I was like, this is so boring. <laughs> that was my initial thought. Like, um, so walk us through that. So you sat there and you're being still for an hour. Mm-hmm. And I remember like getting into it. They gave us four, four tips of how to hear God's voice. Right. And it was like, I have it right here. It was like stillness, vision, spontaneity and then journaling right so in the silence i remember like the first because we, we practiced it all week right and i remember at first i was like oh this is so boring and then like i started actually like getting stuff and feeling a little bit more confident in it what do you mean getting stuff what's what's that like i started hearing words from what i believe from god yes i started hearing words from god and then and then i just started writing them down like i was like i was like i'm here I might as well try. I might as well just do what they say, right? So right when I started hearing stuff, that's when my mindset changed. I was like, okay, if I, I might as well just do what they're saying, whatever, right? Um, and that kind of sparked me to keep trying with that, right? Um, throughout the entire week. And then... That reminds me of a scripture. You know, faith comes from by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Or even how Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it's true. When you begin to recognize that God is actually talking to you because he's so much nicer to you than you are to you, you know, and when you're recording those things, it really does inspire faith to keep listening, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I went through. Yeah. Here you are generally coming from a Christian home, but not generally truly seeking this is kind of almost like just another thing to do another thing to hang out and you go into this contemplative spontaneity seeking vision listening for the lord and uh, and then taking that of what you sit and you listen to in quietness of extended quietness and then you start to journal so Mm -hmm. walk us through that what's going on in your head I mean, this is, this is culture shock. It is. Yeah. It was so cool. I remember when I was writing stuff down, I was thinking, this is weird. If I was doing it, if I was doing this at home, that would be weird. But like the fact that like, (laughs) and then I don't know, like it it helped not to be at home. Like you're in your own area. Like I barely know these people or whatever. Right. We're all working towards the same thing, which was enough motivation for me to try. And then it started feeling so cool and so natural because throughout the week, then next thing you know, I'm just writing down the first thing that come to my head. And then I realized when I write it down, wow, this is encouraging. Like, this is not mean, you know, and it felt amazing. Yeah, for sure. So after hearing God's voice, you moved into what was the next core value? Um, it was hearing God's voice. And then 
Father Heart, right? Yeah, Father, Father Heart. Father Heart, yeah, Father Heart. And, and what is that? Father Heart, we were taught to see God as a loving father and mm -hmm. to know that, I think it's this one Bible verse, but it says, Jesus lived on earth to be like God, right? He revealed and, the father, yeah. Yeah, revealed the father. Mm -hmm. And then they also led us through how to not relate your earthly father to your heavenly father, right? Two very mm -hmm. different things. And actually seeing your heavenly father, like the father you wanted, makes your relationship with your earthly father much better too, right? And I feel like I got to experience that as well. Isn't that wonderful? Because the model is Jesus. Your father's not to be Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the example. And in that revelation, you're not putting, you know, something upon your dad that's unachievable. And you're giving him grace to become something better that is refreshing because so many people if you've had emotional or tough upbringing often going to god the father is a very very difficult thing we naturally draw on our personal experiences and mm -hmm. kind of overlay that on top of god whether consciously or subconsciously and so what you've been able to do there is go to god first and then bring that back into all oh, these are my relationships and this is how it should be is the the exact baseline of what we all should do so yeah, yeah i mean that's amazing keep going i feel like father heart really sparked my um i feel like that's the first step that started to spark a little bit more self-confidence in me because i feel like that's when i start to realize i am loved no matter what unconditionally right mm -hmm. like i felt that throughout that week i actually felt that in my heart and that made the simple sentence of, oh, God loves you no matter what. Like at home, that was just words. Like I, I believe that, but that was just words. But now I lived it. Like I went through that week and I lived it. I felt it. Mm -hmm. And like now it actually means something to me, right? Because my heart was in the right place. So, so words are different when you believe something. Exactly, right? Yeah. That, That's that powerful. Right there. You, you can stop right there. Words <laughs> become something if you believe them. There is essence behind them if you believe them. Like right there, we could stop right there because it's true about the negative word and it's true about the positive word, right? And it doesn't matter which one you're going to believe in, those things will come to life. They'll have essence in them. But to lock into being connected to Father God and his perfect love yeah. for you, right? It's unconditional. It's given out to the whole world, to grab a hold of should they want to Addie's in agreement she's talking in the background you know that is powerful right there if we don't take anything else let's take that man what we believe gives essence to words and yeah. life that that was profound Jaden so after the father's heart what did you guys tackle next what was the next core value healing life hurts I'm pretty sure then the next one was prophetic but I think healing healing life's hurts was the biggest week for me in the first month for sure. That's the one that really that's what shifted my mindset from oh I could just sit in the background to wow, I have I think I have a passion for this now. Wow, this is stuff that I want to pursue. Like I I saw in those first 2 weeks before healing life's hurt, I saw enough improvement to be like this can change my life. Mm -hmm. You know? And healing life's hurts was all about like 
getting deep into your heart and bringing those traumas that you've had up to God, right? And one of the biggest, the biggest day that we had during that week was uh, they called it anger day and they just play really loud music and they'd get you to scream. Like screamo um, music, like your dad's yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, they actually played that. It was pretty funny. Um, and they just encourage everyone in the room to just take out any emotion that they had built up, right? And it took me a while, but I participated in that. I remember like I was I was having a meltdown by the second I had it. Okay, everyone scream. Everyone started screaming and I just sat down on the floor crying. <laughs> That's what it looked like for me, right? Yeah. And so it was really difficult for you to go there? Yeah, it was extremely difficult because and why do you think that was why was it difficult? Because most of my life I was limiting myself. I was in the background. My voice wasn't heard. I was silencing myself because I felt no value in what I had to say, which mm -hmm. meant I never raised my voice. Like I, I would never raise my voice at people. Like I never wanted to really be heard unless I was in the center of attention on stage or something. And in that moment, I finally got to scream, right? And and the moment of me breaking down, I realized there is hurt in me. There is stuff that I have been ignoring and there is stuff that I have to bring to God. And that moment that I knew that, I believed that because I was living it, right? So in that moment, I finally screamed after the room was silent and it was just my voice. And it was it was very, very liberating for me because I would never have usually wanted to step out that much and having everyone hear me lose it or whatever, right? Sure. Um, and having that moment, in that moment of me screaming, I started to realize that I was giving all that stuff to God and I was forgiving people that, uh, from stuff from years ago. I was holding on to stuff from things that didn't even matter. And I was holding on to that for years. And I didn't deserve that. None of us deserve that, right? Would you say some of that stuff was that you were holding on to was just small stuff? Yeah, a lot of it was. <laughs> the small stuff really matters, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, my uncle once told me, don't sweat the small stuff in life. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's all small stuff when you look retrospectively back on all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so here you are forgiving. Yeah. Is in the midst of releasing anger, right? And all that yeah. pain and all that frustration, um, you know, uh, to release that anger or to authentically bring that anger before the Lord and then have him very quickly shift your mindset from anger to forgiveness is something that only God can do, right? Because we can feel justified in our anger and in our pain and our hurt. That doesn't lead us to forgiveness. So in that moment when we bring our emotions to the Lord in authenticity, I think that's really a, a valuable key thing that God is, is actually ready and willing to embrace with us. Because I know for myself, you know, one of the key pivotal moments, like you said, that week three of core values, healing life's hurts, anger day was really significant for you because you recognized the value in it, your value to God and the value in removing these things and not carrying these things with you. Right. For me, I had the same experience where, you know, one day in the middle of the night, I was like overcome with anger. I didn't know why I was angry, but it rose up within me and the whole household is sleeping. And I can, I, I just desperately want to yell. And I begin to scream my loudest internal voice. But then these words followed it. And I didn't even know they were in me. It was like a questioning of God. Why did you create me? Because I had pain to the injustice I had encountered as a little girl. 
And, and I had some real anger around that, but it was after I brought that forward that then I could actually hear God intervene as he began to speak to me about value, worth, um, purpose, you know, and, and still saying, hey, listen, kiddo, this is who you are in me. And this is who you think you are. There's a disconnect between those two. Right. So in order to move towards from where you are to where you got to go, you got to let go of all of the old crap. Right. So continue with the forgiveness stuff. Keep going. Yeah, because I just find it so funny that in screaming there is forgiveness. When I when I drive by somebody, and I see them screaming. I'm not first thing I'm going to think is that they're in pain, <laughs> not getting healed. So I, I, this is keep going. This is awesome. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the anger was more towards myself than anyone else. Right. Like, I, was, I think I was mad at myself for holding on to these things for so long. Honestly, now that I think about it, like I might have been thinking of myself as like really pathetic for holding on to that stuff, right? So not only was I forgiving those memories, I think I was also just forgiving myself. And in the midst of that, I knew I was in pain because of these specific reasons, right? It wasn't it wasn't like I'm mad at them. It was I'm mad at myself for holding on to it and then mm-hmm. forgiving myself, etc., right? But forgiveness is like the huge thing that I want to talk about. You can't really see it. It's like, ah, there we go. Grace and forgiveness. That's from John and Carol, isn't it? John and yes, Carol are not. Yeah. It's a great book. Uh, it's like a hundred pages. You can finish it in like an hour or so. I read it like twice and forgiveness is so powerful. And I feel like, I know what, I'm going to be honest, like growing up in the church, forgiveness was always shoved down people's throats. It felt like, like to me, like growing up is like, oh, forgiveness is always pushing my face. Joel's nodding his head. Joel's going, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> and that's a good thing, by the way. That's yeah, yeah. And it, whether you jump on it or not, it's up to you. And this is the story. Exactly, right? And that's what I started to learn. Like forgiveness is really pushed on you, but it's pushed on you for a good reason. And I started to find out what that good reason was. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness it's not Jesus died, so I have to forgive. It's Jesus died, so I can forgive. It's a blessing. It saves yourself. It's the second, like, in that moment of my screaming, I'm forgiving everything. You know how you know how free I felt? Like, I actually felt lighter. Like, I felt like I carried, like, I started to feel glowing. Like, I stood up and I walked without my head down. I stood up and I walked like, yeah, I just screamed. What about it? Word. <laughs> that was me. That was me in that moment, right? I felt like all oh, that anxiety because I just forgave it. Like it saved me. It's not for the other person. I mean, it can help the other person. Don't get me wrong, for sure. But forgiveness is a blessing for you. It's it saves yourself. That's right. Yeah, I love it so much. Forgiveness is. I have such a huge so, passion for it now. So how how has forgiveness choosing to forgive? How has that been instrumental in? A, your walk with God, and and B, like you, you've described it as being a gift for you, which mm-hmm. is really good. How does that affect your relationship with God? And how does that affect your relationship with the people around you that you have forgiven? Because mm-hmm. now you're back in your world. One thing right off the bat is the one thing that I really learned from forgiveness was the judgmental state of mind. And I learned that the thoughts that I would judge others with were the thoughts that I was scared people were thinking towards me. So forgiving that released a lot of that fear and anxiety, right? Which also helps my relationships because that also helps you realize that everyone's equal. Everyone has the same unconditional love through God and the same expectations through God. So if we're all equal, if we're all in the same playing field, that helps your relationships tremendously because there's no expectation anymore. There's no, oh, I see you higher 
than this person, right? We are all the same. That's right. Yeah. There's no exactly. superheroes in here, right? Although I see my wife sometimes having flying with a cape, but oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're so silly, Calvin. <laughs> and yeah, that really helped my relationship with God too, because when you realize that there's nothing on your heart holding you back that means you're all in for god right if you have mm -hmm. stuff on your heart you're only huh, i'm like 70 percent maybe on this day you know maybe 50 percent. but no when when there's nothing there you're all in for god right and it helped me pursue it more knowing there is nothing no little things holding me back that's um, awesome yeah that's awesome it reminds so me of when chris mcqueen came to talk at the church a while ago and he talked about wholeheartedness you know mm. it reminds me of jesus saying you know we're called to love the lord with all of our heart mind soul and strength and what i hear you saying is that unforgiveness is one of those things that hinders you yes. know and that judgmental lens that we hold towards others is actually the same lens that we fear is being held towards us in some cases it's very much the same lens we use on ourselves you know i'm brutal for that i i am very judgmental towards myself you know and not very gracious and and have to be reminded of the grace and the mercy and the loving kindness and the goodness of god you know so in forgiving for you it was more powerful to forgive yourself and sometimes that is the case, you know, there's oftentimes where I have to forgive myself for falling short of what I, where I think I should be. So I think that's very, very powerful how you talked about forgiveness. It, it also reminds me of when Chris Windsor was up preaching just last month about transformation often begins in the heart first before it can begin anywhere else. And that it usually invokes emotion. And so what I hear you saying from anger day to forgiveness to the excitement of listening, even in the midst of stillness, to embracing Father God as good and separating our earthly fathers from our heavenly father and looking at Jesus as, as the reflection of what the father looks like and how he deals with us, that these are all emotional things. They encounter the mind, but they encounter our emotions first and foremost, because it's about how we're relating or connecting as you opened up the service with Jeff, that we were made for connection, right? And so it's that kind of thing. Let me jump in here, Tab. So yeah. zoom out for two seconds. Jaden, going pre into this, you, you described your state of being, who you were, what you were thinking. It's a three month thing. And we've only talked about the first really three weeks or maybe four weeks here, but they're split up into three major sections, month one, two, and three. So month one, we've described a lot how they really wanted you to enter his presence, stillness, spontaneousness with vision and journaling, that quieting yourself. Then they set apart your right direction before the Lord, the Father's heart, who is God giving you that right baseline so that your approach is correct with the Lord and you're getting that loving father because that's what he is. And then you get into healing those pains and life's hurts. All awesome stuff, but that's only the first three weeks. What do you do in the next two months? So after the like core value month, a lot of it was just application. So take what you learn and just run with it. Right. And they would force you to do these things. Right. Like we had live streams and they'd force you to speak and stuff that force it write a sermon and share it you have to and it's just like it was <laughs> very stressful i know it i hear terrifying. you yeah 
terrifying. But they kept saying, we're going to stretch you. And trust me, it's going to be worth it. And at the time, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But like, here I am. And it, it did. It really did. Because in these moments, like in those moments of me being stretched and being pushed to my boundaries with God, it's I've learned my gifts. Like I, I'm very confident in what I'm good at now. And I'm very confident of how to really steward what I've learned with others. Right. Love and it. I love it too. It's awesome. <laughs> and like, I also, not only for myself, I've started to see how God has gifted other people, like even just the people in my class too. Right. And it was just, mm. I was living it. I was living everything I was told growing up. And like, the thing is, I didn't have to run away to Toronto for three months to learn all this stuff. Right. I didn't have to do that. I just got my heart right while I was there because I was forced to. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with how you guys taught things like in in, in like in like Sunday school at all. Cause a lot of, the, I'm gonna be honest, a lot of the things that I heard there were stuff that I already heard before, but like now it has meaning because I was living it, right? Yeah. You engaged it with whole part of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah which makes all the difference. So in your application, the fourth week of the first month, they made you do something, which is something that we've made you do. Yeah. Like consistently, if you were part of youth, you know, mm -hmm. and what was that, Jaden, that they made you do? It was actually one of my favorite things that we did consistently for the uh, next two months. And that was prophetic. I, the prophetic was so fun. And it was just like, it was really uncomfortable. Cause like in the first month, like I was, I, I wasn't very comfortable with everyone. Like I barely know these people. The prophetic is one of the things that most people are scared about. Yeah. It's very raw, mm -hmm. but you just love it. Yeah. Keep walking uh, us through it. So yeah, like in the week, they they would like line us up and they said, okay, this line right now, prophesy to the other one, right? And I was just, I was losing my mind. I was like, what am I supposed to say? And then like, the thing is when they tell you to do it right away, that encourages the spontaneity, right? Which means <laughs> if it's God, it's gone, you know? Yeah. And, and it was just incredible. So like that that first week, I actually like, I remember that first week we finished prophetic and I was like, thank God, that was so stressful. And then throughout the next two months, like, oh, you're gonna keep doing it. And then it just grew on me because I started to see how my words impacted just strangers. Like we were just live streaming random people and prophesy over them, right? Mm -hmm. And just seeing how words off the top of your head through God can affect someone like that blew me away. So impactful. You got a story about that, right? About one particular woman that you were ministering to with uh, your, your classmate. So why don't you go ahead and share some of those stories? There was this, uh, there's, I had this one classmate named justice and he was, this was actually the third time he took the class, right? And he said, this year, I want to focus on prophetic. And it really showed because he was, the words that he came up with were just made no sense to me. I remember we were, we were prophesying over this older lady, right? And he describes a story of how this caterpillar lived on this one leaf and God picked up this caterpillar and moved it to another leaf. And I was like, <laughs> it made no sense to me. I was like, what is this? Where is this coming from? And then this lady just starts crying. Like it impacted her so much, it just starts bawling. And I was I was in shock. I remember looking at him and I was like. <laughs> Simple just, things, right? That may yeah, seem ridiculous to us, have personal meanings to other people, right? And we've encountered that before, you know, uh, the spirit of God as he is poured out upon us as believers. As you said before at the beginning, Jaden, you know, 
it wasn't something like the Holy Spirit only showed up at Fresh Wind, but he is something that we take with us. And he is someone that we can tap into at any moment, should we choose to, right? Mm -hmm. And he knows everyone so intricately. So things that don't actually make sense to us, and we can easily dismiss it in our rational mind, when we tap into the ways of the spirit have profound impact on other people. So you had to prophesy and continue prophesying, continuing to deal with your life hurts automatically. I remember you saying in the little video that you sent us, it, it was like the little things and dealing with it really, really quickly, that those things were profound in keeping you soft to the Lord. Like, don't let as well as scripture would say, don't let the sun go down on your anger, you know, like forgive quickly, right? And then, of course, relating to Father God as a father, forgiveness being a huge key and hearing God's voice, not only personally, but also you said something about, Jaden, your practices now that you're back home. So why don't you share just briefly about what it looks like now that you're back home? And you're not in that environment where people are making you do stuff. Um, I remember like a week before the school ended, I said to myself, when I get home, this isn't something I'm going to forget. This is something I can't forget. Like I have to keep living in this or else I'm missing out. Right. So when I went home and even to this day, like I promised myself that the bare minimum, the bare minimum, I'll read a chapter of my Bible and write down what I think. And each morning I've been getting up and I've, I've only been in Ephesians right now, but I've been reading a chapter of Ephesians every day. And I, I just keep restarting it when I finish it until I feel like I have to move on. I get excited to read the Bible, right? Because the Bible now has meaning. Before it was just words and stories, but now it's like how Jesus lived and it's how we're supposed to live, right? Mm -hmm. And now it has so much more meaning because I believe in it, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, was Bible reading part of your your journey before you went to the school? Oh, of course not. No, I, I would I would struggle so much reading because I would think to myself, I grew up in a church. I have to read my Bible. I, I, I'd open it and I'd start snoring. Now, <laughs> what does it look like? I open it and I'm like, I'm loving it. <laughs> like I'm smiling. I'm like nodding. I'm like, this is good, you know. And even when you're talking about how the Holy Spirit was a gift, I kept getting that one verse in Ephesians where it says that the Holy Spirit is was a promise from God that mm -hmm. we receive through choosing him, right? It's yeah. something that we carry. Yeah. Um, and other than Bible reading, another practice that I picked up was forgiving the little things as fast as you can. Like, even if it's just like, oh, you don't like how that guy looked at you, forgive him. You know, just say in your head, I forgive that guy. I repent from judgment just instantly. You don't have to go up and say, I forgive you, because then that could, that's just weird. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But like doing that has helped my relationships like a lot, like it reassures you that we're all in the same. There's a clean slate, you know, and also helps you be more open minded. It helps you be more optimistic. Right. Because you don't have anything holding you back. Like you just be free, you know, and keeping that slate clean is perfect. Yeah. Hey, this is amazing. Everything that you're saying, Jaden, is you're now on a path of success, a path of victory. And and there's such a change in you. It's night and day between before when you went to now and who you are you went in insecure you come out secure you went in being reserved you're now prophesying 
over people, that takes massive courage, right? It does. So your courage level has gone through the roof, but I'm seeing hard intent. You're forgiving, mm-hmm. you're loving. And before you weren't like that, there was an element of that, but it's so much more invigorated now. Your passion level was low. Now it's high. I mean, this is the best bunch of dollars you've ever spent in your life. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like who you are as a character now, it's it's amazing. It's so impressive to see this. This is awesome. We're so proud of you. So I, I'm I'm watching the chat here and Jaden, everybody is really impressed with your vulnerability here to be really honest in answering these questions. And and Helen writes here, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than the human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than the human strength. That's from 1 Corinthians 1, 24 and 25. And she says, Jaden, thanks for illustrating that. And it's true. Now there's this desire within you wholeheartedly to continue pursuing who God is and who he wants to reveal himself to you as. You know, when we were chatting before, you had said that the Bible itself, when you used to uh, go to it, would be something to like, I need to understand the Bible. But now it's more about understanding who God wants to be for you and who he Mm -hmm. is. Right. So there's a different intention. Rhonda is saying, Jaden, your voice is so important. Thank you for sharing and encouraging us. This is so inspiring. Keep practicing his presence and don't hold anything back. So what we're going to do right now, guys, is because we're cognizant of time here. Let's just recap the core value things, which You grew up in the church already knowing this stuff. You had it in your tool belt. So hearing God's voice, the importance of relating to God as a really good, good father, you know, healing life's hurts, dealing very quickly, being authentic with our emotional state of being before the Lord and our mindsets, and then stretching forward to hear God prophetically for others because the prophetic word is meant to be a sign and a wonder to the unbelieving, you know, and it is meant to be loving and encouraging because when we relate to Father God as a good father, we're going to hear the encouraging. We're going to hear the loving nature of God, that that real gentleness and kindness that draws us in. It, it says that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. That's what the word of God says, right? I say taste and see. Now, Jaden, there was a scripture that you said actually personified this whole thing for you. Why don't you go ahead and tell people what that scripture is and and read it out for them? Yeah, it was Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. And that was, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he will give you great success. And Mm. I feel like I lived that, right? A lot of my journey was not relying on myself and was relying on God. And now I I do feel successful. I do feel like I've grown a lot. And I do feel like there's um, success in where I'm going. And I feel like that verse is just something that I've definitely lived through. Yeah. From chatting with your mom, she has shared with me that you do actually feel coming out of the school that you have a certain call that God is calling you into. Do you want to unpack that a little bit for us? Throughout the school, I got, so obviously when we're prophesying over each other, I always got a lot of 
people saying that they see me working with youth, with younger people, right? And to be honest, even before school ministry, that is something I was always drawn to. Like, I, I love youth group. And I, I remember I would go to like three different ones in Cambridge, like consistently. I remember <laughs> I used to go to a bunch of them. And like, I would see these leaders and I'd be like, that's something I want to do, right? And and I've been praying about it too. And like, I feel really good about it. And yeah, I actually do have some opportunities opening up for working with youth, which I'm really excited, but that's definitely where I feel um, called to for sure. Awesome. And you know what? Your testimony is going to be very, very powerful. I think it's so important maybe just to recap here as the importance of forgiveness in this whole process. Anytime that you pursue God, his love is going to overpower you. He's going to transform you. And part of the love process of healing and bringing peace and wholeness to an individual is him cleaning out the yucky spots of ourselves. And those yucky spots are our unforgiveness and bitterness towards other people. And we should not forget that lesson and that every single one of us should check our own hearts and do that business. And as Jaden, Jaden so came into that revelation that it actually freed him. Many people think forgiveness is for other people. And truly, no, it's for yourself to, to bring you healing. That weight that he was carrying, it comes off. So we just encourage everybody. You can be a Christian for 50 years and still have that weight on right? Because there's a difference of being saved versus living in victory and freedom, mm-hmm. right? So that would that's what I would have to say, Tabitha. Okay. Helen says, go Jaden, keep going with God and his path and in his power and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And what else we got here? There is a difference between being saved and living in victory. Very insightful statement, Jeff. All right. Love you, church. We look forward to next week where we have some guests from a different continent joining us. And we are so excited for that conversation as we continue to explore tangible ways that we can go deeper. And I hope that you are equipped this morning or your memory was refreshed. Oh, yeah, I've got that tool and I haven't used that in a while. Let me pull that out. Um, These are simple things. They're not for the elite. We're all on the same playing field, right? Jaden, thank you for joining us, buddy. So glad to have had you. And Jeff, thanks for joining me from Connecticut. And I can't wait to see you next weekend in person. And love you all. Be blessed. Until next week, thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody.